Welcome to session 11. We are global recruitment experts, entrepreneurs, and founders of 1111 Group of Companies. We are Tess and Alicia, and we deliver insider information and actionable practices to guide you through the ins and outs of your career journey. We are joined by thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they share exclusive tips to inspire personal growth and career development, bringing you one step closer to your purpose. Right. Welcome to episode 28-ish. 28-ish. We're talking today about the Executive Woman's Toolkit, which is so useful. So our intention when we created this is to support women in new executive or leadership positions to really set themselves up for success. Yes. And even women who are aspiring to be in an executive position. Ah, yes. Love that. So, you know, whether you're in a leadership role, whether you're managing people or an executive, this could be useful for you really to take your performance to the next level. So we're calling this the Executive Woman's Toolkit, which is something that we created and it lives on our website, which is a free downloadable resource for women for anybody, but we specifically geared it towards women in the workplace. Yes. Yeah, because we're made aware of these alarming stats and we do a lot of research in this area in our research division at 1111. And one thing that we kept hearing over and over was around this confidence gap. And it particularly lives in women, female executives. So some of the facts that really caught our attention was 67% of high-performing executive women said that they need more support building confidence to feel like they could be leaders in the industry. Women are applying for roles only when they are 100% qualified, whereas men apply when they have 60% of the qualifications. Ain't that the truth? In all areas. They even ask That one really gets me. Yes. They even ask out women that are 100% more attractive than them. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) My God. And then 75% of women executives across industries have experienced imposter syndrome. Mm. And so, of course, we can all relate to this, men as well. But, you know, our business coach said something to us recently, a few months ago, really stuck with me. And she coaches like founders, CEOs across the country, in the US, in Canada. And she said, none of the men I'm coaching have imposter syndrome. I remember that. We (laughs) both gasped. We were like, what? So that kind of hit me and I was like, okay, got it. And so then our marketing team put together this resource of how we can support women in building this confidence gap and addressing this confidence gap. So we can do, you know, yes, we're recruiters, we're headhunters, but a lot of the work we're really passionate about is putting women in leadership positions because we know that when women win, everyone wins. Love that. And so this toolkit that lives on our website includes things like how to goal set like an executive. There's guidance on how to accept setbacks like a pro. And then part of it is also what we're going to talk about today. So how to set yourself up for success in a new leadership position. So we have five takeaways that we're going to share with you and we'll just jump right in. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So the first thing is to think about how you want to introduce yourself. I think this is so important for anyone in leadership coming into the business because often it creates some kind of unrest 
in in the business mm. for your team. Or I have found that when right. we have a new leader, right? It's yes. like you need to form a new relationship with them. Mm. Are they going to make changes? What's their vibe? Am I going to like them? Yeah. What are they about, right? Yes. And I think there's actually like a underlying real psychological thing that's happening for people because their safety and security is being threatened, yes. right? Like there's uncertainty. So our brain yes. is like looking for ways to process how are you going to make us feel safe? Exactly. So get ahead of that as a leader. Think about how you want to introduce yourself, what conversations you want to have, whether in a group setting, one-on-one. Is there any way that you can be vulnerable, share, share some goals, share some ideas that you have coming into the team? Be as open as you can with your team so they're not making up stories or filling in the gaps and creating Mm -hmm. uh, stories around you as a new leader. Great. Okay. So number two is don't be afraid to learn something new. As an executive, you're not expected to know all of the granular details of every business unit, but learn at all levels of the organization. So spend time with every single team that you're going to be overseeing and even teams that you're not going to oversee. Like if you're in the retail environment and you're working at head office, Go into the retail store, spend a day there, go to the distribution center, really understand each area of the business and how they work together and impact each other. But again, to point one, be visible, let people know who you are and show up. And it's the fastest way to get exposed to the inner workings of the business and understand the team at a deeper level and understand what are some quick wins that you could have here? Like, what are some things that you're sensing are not working and really hear from the people and get a pulse check on how they're feeling. I love that. That really stood out for me. I remember being at Lululemon when we had a new CEO come in and she did a whole rotation on the storefront. Like she traveled the globe, spending time in the stores, understanding how the store functioned, understanding the guests, the product. It was so impressive and really built a lot of rapport and ultimately respect in the business. A lot of trust. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Our third tip here is to drive the future of talent acquisition to be more diverse, inclusive, and equitable. So the number one question that people ask us before joining an organization, our candidates that we're interviewing is what is their current DE&I strategy? Mm. Do they have a DE&I statement? What is their viewpoint or position on DE&I? How are they bringing more diversity into the business? This is the future of business right now and the foreseeable future is not going anywhere. And it's such an effective way to make an impact. This is what Mm. really matters to people, right? So, you know, if you're not feeling like you're an expert in this area, that's okay. Hire a consultant to come in and partner with you to really look at how to diversify the company in terms of thought, gender, representation, and any other vital factors in your business. So great. So key. I love that. Okay, so number four, we have look for quick wins, opportunities, and low-hanging fruit and start to make some impact. So really identify any glaring weaknesses in the business, operationally or otherwise, and make some timely decisions. So it's a really great way to establish trust and confidence quickly, and eyes are going to be on you. So if there are areas where you can take opportunity to make an impact, take it, do it. 
Yeah. So great. Okay. The last one here is always be visible. I think this is so important. The worst thing in the world to have happen when you have a new leader is that they're sitting behind a door and you don't know what they're doing behind there, right? I can't remember where I worked, but somebody, somebody in a senior leadership position actually put a glass door on Mm. their office. They changed the door from a wooden door to a glass door because they wanted to feel approachable and they wanted like literally people to have visibility into what they were doing, which I thought was so cool. Turn your video on in Zoom calls. If your company is a hybrid bottle, show up to the office, even if it's not required of your staff, make a point of being there, right? If, If there's anybody in the office, show up for them. And always share your observations and your subsequent strategies. So this kind of goes back to what you were just saying, Tess, around low-hanging fruit. I think it's really important to hear from leaders in their first 90 days what they've observed, what's Mm. going well, areas that they're going to be spending more time in and doing that in a really relatable way. Yes, so true. So key. And having that conversation further than the boardroom table with other executives, you know, exactly collective know what you're going to be up to. Perfect. Love that. So those are the five takeaways that we have or five action steps. So to recap them all, number one is think about how you want to introduce yourself. Number two, don't be afraid to learn something new. Number three, drive the future of talent acquisition with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Number four, look for quick wins and low-hanging fruit. And number five, always be visible. And that is a wrap. And so with that said, if you are a female executive right now, take all the learnings and do not forget to always be looking around for other women that you can help and push Mm -hmm. forward and share this content with. Like Alicia said, we have a lot of free resources on our blog and our website and on our social media Because we truly believe, deeply believe that when we elevate women, we also elevate communities, companies, businesses, the collective. And we do have an imbalance right now in the workforce. And we're all part of the solution in making it right. That's a wrap. Amen, sister. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Toodles. Toodles. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to session 11. You can find us on social media at 1111talent or at chapter two meditation. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Our intention is to provide you with value. So if you got that today, please leave us a review and a rating. It really helps other people discover our potty. Okay. Sorry about that. She's Australian. She means podcast. Podcast.